Welcome to our study of Paul's Epistle to the Galatians here on the Radio Bible Course. We have come to chapter 4 in our study, and in verse 6, Paul writes this, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So through God, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Paul explained in the previous verse that we become sons by faith in Christ Jesus. That's when we receive our adoption, but not adoption as we think of it today. The word adoption in the context here is in a Roman setting, and that meant that a child was under custodians, guardians, and trustees, even though his name was in the father's will to receive the entire estate. Until he became of age, he couldn't receive anything. Paul uses that as an example to illustrate how we, and especially the Jews, were under the law, under those basic elemental principles, but God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. He has taken us out from under that law and given us sonship. Now that's what he means in verse 6 when he writes, And because you are sons, that is, adult sons, heirs, full adult members of the family, responsible only to the father and having no more responsibility to guardians or custodians. Now that you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. If you are a true believer, you have the Spirit of his Son living in you. That was a promise that Jesus made before he was crucified. He said, the Spirit is with you, but he shall be in you. Old Testament people knew nothing about the indwelling Spirit of God. And that couldn't happen until Christ sent the Spirit from heaven after he ascended. How do we know that we have eternal life and that we are children of God? And I say children of God here instead of sons because many of you who are listening are women. And you may feel a bit uncomfortable with this expression, being sons. Well, in Roman society, that's all that mattered. And so Paul, writing to people in that culture, uses sons rather than sons and daughters. Today, however, living in our country and most countries of the Western world, daughters are heirs as well as sons. And if Paul were penning this epistle today, he would surely write sons and daughters. Now, how do you know you're a child of God? You know it because you have assurance. And if you don't have the assurance, it might be because you have not believed. Because if you have believed, God would send the Spirit of his Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. This means you would have an intimate relationship and you would know that God is your Father. You would know that you are not an alien. You would know that you aren't depending on luck to get you into heaven. You would know that you have been fully accepted, made a child of the Father with eternal life and an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 6 
gives confirmation of this child relationship, the sonship. Why does God send his spirit into the former slave who has been redeemed out of the slave market? Because the father wants sons, not slaves. This is another in a series of passages that relate the spirit to the life of freedom, but never to the life under law. No one in the Old Testament called God Father. Abba is Aramaic for Father. But in an intimate sense, that's what it means. It's intimate as we use the word Dad. No slave ever called his master Dad or Abba. Now, what is God doing through Christ? I think it's expressed in Hebrews chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. That he, by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. The answer to the question, what is God doing through Christ? He's bringing many sons to glory. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 15. It's related to this. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Now think of it. The Spirit was given because we are sons and sons are free. How different from slaves. They take orders. They have no inheritance. They do what the master commands. But they are slaves and will always be slaves. Now, God does not give us the spirit of slavery so that we would have fear. He gives us the spirit of sonship that knows God intimately. A child has confidence in his parents. He knows he is loved. He knows these who have reared him and fed him and cared for him are his parents. And he's not simply an orphan in a family. He is a legitimate child of this family. And his father knows him and loves him. Verse 6 tells us that God sent the Spirit. Now, there's no need to invite the Spirit or to pray for the Spirit. Don't beg God for something which he has already promised to give you. There's no need to pray for the Spirit any more than we would need to pray for Christ to save us. Now, there are people who do that, but it's because they are ignorant of the Scriptures and they don't take God at his word. The Bible does not tell us to pray for salvation or for the Spirit. Instead, it tells us what we have. Listen to Galatians 3.26. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Now, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are a child of God. And in chapter 3, verse 14, Paul writes that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Not by asking. Men were never told to ask for the Spirit. Believe God. 
He makes the promises. He expects you to respond in faith. That's a positive response. And when an offer of a gift is made to you, don't ignore the gift and instead show your doubt by asking for the gift. When it's offered, take it by faith. Now, faith makes us sons, and God sends the Spirit into every son. The Holy Spirit, as we have seen, is often mentioned in connection with the believer's freedom from the bondage of the law. The Spirit is also related to the believer's inheritance. Look how this is confidently expressed in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. After listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge or a guarantee of our inheritance. Notice the inheritance and the Spirit go together. You will not find the Spirit mentioned in such a connection with the law of Moses. There is no promised inheritance by the law of Moses because it depended upon your obedience and who has obeyed that complete holy law of God. Well, if our inheritance depended upon obedience, we would be left out of it altogether also. But it depends upon God's ability to keep his promise, not upon our ability to perform. Now, here we find a new title for the Spirit in Ephesians 1.14, the Holy Spirit of Promise. He is your guarantee that you will come into the promised inheritance. This passage teaches that after hearing and believing God's good news, which alone is cause for assurance because God cannot lie, that the Spirit is sent into each child of God for intimate assurance. We next move on to the four verses, beginning with verse 8 of chapter 4, and I've entitled this, Flirting with Slavery. Listen to what Paul writes. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, How can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. Now verse 8 describes their former alienation from God. They were in paganism and they didn't know God and that resulted in bondage, in moral depravity, and in fearful expectation. Now, much of that is expressed in the Thessalonian epistles, where Paul reminds them of something similar, such as 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. For this is the will of God, that you abstain from unchastity, not in the passion of lust, like heathen who do not know God. Well, that's the moral depravity that results from paganism. And the fear that is associated with it is expressed in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance upon those who do not know God and upon those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Paul's statement here, not knowing God, is a contrast with verse 6, which expresses intimacy. Now, let me review that for you. He said, formerly, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. In verse 6, he said, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's intimacy. But verse 8 expresses their former alienation. They were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. Now, how were they in bondage? Well, false religion is a state of fear. Pagans and those in false religion and those who have a perverted form of Christianity attribute evils to the anger of a god. They say that accidents, pain, health problems, flat tires, burned dinners, or their child's infected ear are punishment by a god. Which one? Well, some of them act like they are Christians, and they say, oh, God is punishing you because you're murmuring, or because you're not living pure, because you have sinned. Friends, the New Testament tells us about that God of all grace. If you are in a church where people are telling you that every disaster that befalls you is the result of God punishing you, I suggest you find another church that teaches the grace of God. Our free grace booklet will also teach you about the grace of God. Write for your free copy today. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.